Hey everybody, welcome back for another edition of the Club Cool Podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Dudley, and I'm here in the very, very spooky Washed Media Studios. Uh, You can tell that tomorrow is October. I am uh, surrounded by cobwebs and and dangerous crime scene tape and a spooky skeleton and... um, you know, there's a there's a thing in front of me that I think does something with the lights, but they uh, they have it on on child mode for for us here on Club Cool. Um, but uh, it's 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 good to be here today. I am joined by s- returning guest, second time. It's Clayton Chambers from the Spreza newsletter. What's up, Clayton? It's good to have you. Howdy! Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. This is the two peak. It's the two peak. Yeah, and I, I I think you're our first repeat guest that's not like within network. That's not a you know, a, a fellow uh, podcast, um, you know, person here at Wash Media. So you are you're making history here today, um, and uh, you should feel great about that. Honor. <laughs> uh, I, feel, I feel really good about that. Last time we had you in studio because you lived in Austin. Uh, you you've been on that's right. You've been on a bit of a journey since then. You had a quick stint in Los Angeles, <laughs> to, say the, to say the least. Yeah. And now you yeah, are man. now now you're now you're at home in Nashville. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, we sort of just made the the Great American Road Trip there and back this summer, and and wound up in Nashville. Man, uh, so it's it's good times. Did did you find yourself on uh on on route route sixty six at any point? Honestly, I don't really trust that road <laughs> uh, for safety. Is that right? Measures, but but we did drive alongside it for long stretches. Um, uh, Austin actually has this really cool route as you kind of head northwest through like the Texas Panhandle, and then you get into New Mexico, Arizona territory. Um, it takes about twelve hours to get from Austin to Albuquerque, and I did a lot of road trips back and forth uh, over the last year, uh, and, and and New Mexico sort of became like the second home. Okay. Um, which was really cool. So it takes, yeah, it takes about 12, 13 hours to get to New Mexico and then another God knows how long. Most of um, that, most of that is LA, just driving through Texas, isn't it? it? It's yeah. It's a journey just driving through Texas. Yeah. Um, Cause there's a few routes you can take. You can either, again, do the panhandle one or you can take I 10 out like all the way West Yeah. through El, El Paso and um, some of those other spots. But uh, yeah, it's not, not, Road trips are not for the faint of heart. I feel like that was a big pandemic thing for a lot of folks. Yep. Um, who had maybe just maybe they're coastal people and they just never had the chance to like see America, experience and, the um, heartland. Yeah, I think we're all road chipped out at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, my my issue with road trips is that like I am very prone to getting car sick, which means that I have to drive. And then, oh, yeah. and so then I'm just the only person driving and I, I don't know, we, we talked about a couple of, I tried to make a couple spur of the moment ones happen over the last 18 months, but that, that doesn't really work out when you have, um, you know, the, the dog makes that especially tough. Uh, and also one of the ones that I tried to, to pull off was like during the, the snowpocalypse here. So it was just, it was ill-conceived, but, um, yeah, I didn't do any road trips, uh, as it, as it happens, but they, they sound good. They sound very glamorous and and cool and in in theory and in western theory. and like you know like I was trying to get out to Marfa and 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 do that whole thing. But I could see yeah. you doing the uh, you know fix up an old like beater pickup truck and yeah, do the drive uh, out west, yeah. land sound- in Marfa for like some vintage very, vintage rug, very uh, Instagram worthy. 
Uh, yeah, you, exactly. Clayton, you should do a uh, on for for the Spreza newsletter. You need to do top five cars to take on a on a road trip west. Honestly, man, number one Subaru great. Outback. I, one, yeah. <laughs> number one Subaru Outback. Number two Car of the South. Uh, yeah. Toyota yeah. Land Cruiser. Um, number three would be like. I feel like I feel like we gotta have a truck in there. Yeah, yeah. I liked right? your I liked your idea of just an like an old you know vintage restored pickup. Honestly, I'd go Bronco. Yeah, yeah, Bronco. Like a you, vintage, you can kind like of take the you can take the back or, off or of, a, of a Bronco or something. Yeah. Um, but but speaking of Sprezzo, what's uh, what's going on over yeah. there? You're still you're still dropping content like it's hot. Still dropping content like it's hot. Um, things are good. I've uh, it's fun, man. But you know, I've only been writing for about a year. And I mean, you've been doing this for much longer on the audio side, but uh, you, you kind of look back after a big chunk of time and realize like how much you've grown and matured just through the, the process of creating content. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been cool to kind of look back through the last year and see just how much has changed. Um, you know, from my side, I've, I've been working on trying to connect the cultural dots um, between clothing and how it kind of expands into other areas right? Whether it's like sports and music and entertainment and that sort of stuff. Um, and then, and then recently I made a few, I've been making these like seasonal guides. So, um, I did one for outerwear. So, uh, you know, just curating different pieces, whether it's like essential pieces or seasonal one-off stuff, or, um, honestly like iconic pieces that you, uh, probably couldn't find anywhere else and just curate it all in one big guide and then um and then share it with the people so i did that for outerwear and then i just did one the other day for uh knit caps like beanies and um and then socks so i'm just going to keep making the rounds through different um categories i find that like fun and therapeutic um and a lot of people have been digging them too yeah i i think those guides are always super helpful and and when i have written stuff in the past it's it's uh Sometimes I like get in my own head about writing like, you know, listicles because because when you put out Mm. an editorial like that, that that kind of, you know, you can always you can have a story, you can have a through line, you can have a main topic that you're talking about. But when you're kind of but but in the end, you are you you are doing some type of list. And I always worry about that. But but I think that I think that for I it, it just suited for for talking about clothing and talking about, you know, something where there are lots of different options um, your, I, your newsletter always, uh, hits my mm-hmm. inbox and it always looks really good. It always looks really consistent. Uh, and then, uh, you, you know, you Thank talked you. about your writing and, and while I'm sure you've grown, I think your, your voice has, has stayed really consistent and, and I know you personally, so I can, I can hear you, uh, when I, when I read the, the emails, mm-hmm. but I do think that like, even for people that, that have never heard you talk or, or that don't know you personally, like you definitely have a, um, you know, a, a distinct sound with your writing. And I think that's really, that's important. So, uh, yeah, lo- I love getting that stuff. Um, I, I didn't, I missed the, you, the knit, the knit cap one though. So I'm curious, uh, you know, you've got, you've got on an IMA one right now, which is, uh, <laughs> probably, I, I think that it's, it's Ame Barrett actually. Uh, tell me what I, I go, I waffle back and forth. I just say all the different ones. I say Ame and Ime. What, what, what do you, <laughs> I've never heard Teddy say it. What is it? I think that's probably on purpose, but I, um, yeah, I, I think it's Ame Leon door. It's funny too. So it's like a Instagram soft, account. that's a, what's that? A soft a? Ame, ah, yeah. Ame? I mean, I'm no Ame? French, I'm no French speaker, but you know, yeah. Um, I think I, Ame st- it stands for love, right? Right. So, right. um, 
Yeah, that's as far as I got. But there's this funny Instagram account. It's like insider um, shit posting, uh-huh, uh, based uh-huh. kind of out of New York City. I don't. You've probably seen it. It's called No Lead a Dirtbag. And okay. <laughs> he he basically I, I don't know if it's he or wh- whoever it is uh, is really good at just like ironically curating, uh, just all the weird stuff about New York like No Lita culture. Yes. Like South South Manhattan style culture whether it's like the restaurants or the bars or the designers and like all the all the different characters you kind of see and um on their like bio on instagram it's it's like in all caps it's on a leon you idiot <laughs> <laughs> with like the pronunciation uh, like, listed that's it's so on point yeah that's like that's yeah. like his thing but i feel like yeah i feel like a lot of people get the uh, pronunciation yeah, I've uh, li- I, I, I was not joking. I, I go back and forth between like uh, I may, I may, and now I'll, uh, I, I was wrong both times, maybe. Um, so I'll, uh-huh. I'll I'll have to switch it up again. Um, but okay, so that's that's a pretty basic like cuffer knit beanie, uh, likely acrylic. I'm curious what what were you what like what you know what did you kind of toss out there as like other options? I know that's like a very standard classic kind of you know feels like what's hot right now, but. Mm-hmm. It does. It it also feels like that's the only thing that that brands yeah. are kind of putting out is like a is like an acrylic logo beanie, basically with a with a cuff. I have a, I have a lot of different options that I like to break down into. Um, some are kind of by style, so like the way you wear the beanie. Some okay. are by color. Um, some are by like I, I like to think of like hats and and other the other items by like what they're connected to, like culturally. I feel like film and music. Film and movies like influence so much of like our nostalgia around what people wear. Yeah. Um, I think specifically around the '90s, like '90s style does that for us. Like when you look at old pictures of like Johnny Depp or young Brad Pitt or like you know airport style. I think like GQ had a had an article yeah. about that um, a few years ago, just curating like how nostalgic airport '90s style was for us. Um, so I draw a lot of inspiration from that stuff, and I think it's really cool to keep that in mind as you think about style and just how it changes, but also how like certain things come back in waves. Um, but in terms of the different styles, man, um, you know, one thing that I really like about knit caps is, is, is the like iconic red, red watch cap. And you can read this if, you know, if you yeah, come yeah. And see the post, but like the first one I talk about is um, Jacques Cousteau, the French like sea explorer who was like always repping the red beanie, like everywhere, all weather, like all, all environments like he was always like wearing like usually like a blue shirt or whatever. even if he's like shirtless he'd probably have like a red knit cap <laughs> on and i just think that was super dope um and then when you see like it played out in the movies with bill murray sure um yeah. and wes anderson's uh, life aquatic shout out to ut austin um but you know bill murray's rocking uh rocking the classic jacques Cousteau red cap and i was like that's so dope and so i just like curate a few different brands and different price points that you could rock with so like you know knickerbocker like they do they have like a $40 one um Ritoto is like another Japanese brand that I actually really love um and then Ghia Cashmere is this brand it's like an Italian brand um the dude who owns it is Italian as well but he's based out in California um and so yeah just stuff like that another one I did too just since we're riffing on it is like explaining Carhartt and like the significance of Carhartt and like you see people rocking Carhartt jackets like the Detroit style rough and yep. tough jackets but also like the beanies everywhere like Nas for instance is like notorious for his love with um with Carhartt you see Tupac and Rihanna and like all these different all these different characters and figures and 
entrepreneurs rocking it. Um, but it's fun to see like Carhartt's place where it used to be like a blue collar brand, right? It used to be for like farmers and truck drivers and then like hip hop artists and people in Europe sort of like took and repurposed the brand over time. So that's kind of the gist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, I love the connection to, to, you know, time, various eras and times in history, uh, and, and, and just the way you connect it to movies and stuff as well. Um, if you're not already signed up for the newsletter, you got to check it out. You got to get subscribed. It's very easy. Just go to Spreza. That's S P R E Z Z A dot X Y Z. Drop your email there and you'll get all this great content. Um, Clayton, I wanted to, I, I always love asking people that, that don't live in Austin, uh, you know, about the, the style scene and the culture scene in their own city. Mm. So, um, you, you, as I mentioned up top, you, you, you had a little bit of time in LA and now you're in Nashville. So I'll just, I'll, I'll start with, uh, with, you know, with a question about Austin. Is there anything you miss, uh, having, you know, having not been mm. here for the last half year, basically? <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll less be real. than that. It might, I, might I only been a few months. Miss, I don't actually miss Austin too much, but uh, <laughs> that's I I, I no, appreciate I'm, I'm the honest kidding. answer. I was thinking about for for Austin folks. I was thinking about Swedish Hill Bakery actually this morning. And I was yeah. like, damn, I could really really go for like one of their pastries. Yep. Um, so many so many good joints. Um, I actually no, I, I do miss parts of Austin. I actually, you know, I think I miss like the food and beverage culture in Austin more than I do like the style. I didn't really get attached too much to like clothing or style per se, but, um, but man, yeah, so many good restaurants. It's a really, it's a weird city as far as style goes. And I, I, you know, I know it's like as the city grows and becomes a larger and larger city and as more people, um, you know, move themselves here from places like New York and California, it, 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 I'm not actually sure that it'll really shift much because I, I actually think mm-hmm. that those people will will kind of acclimate and you know st- start changing their own style to fit you know more of what we do here, which is like very 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 casual almost everywhere. And you know uh, w- we talk about topics on the pod, and and every once in a while, every once in a while we'll we'll talk about a trend and we'll kind of label it as like a New York or LA trend only. Because yeah. it, it, it'll be the type of thing that is just like, it's either not functional here because of the way that we drive mm-hmm. cars, or it's just like, it's just, it's not something that would even be remotely understood. And so it's, it's, uh, it, it it's a difficult place to, to like, you know, find, um, inspiration at least, or, or, or even like the opportunity to kind of like do a lot of you know, self yeah. individual self-expression. Uh, the weather also plays a, a major role in that. Well, one thing, one thing I actually looking back on now had realized about Austin style is, uh, just the connection, um, uh, to nature and style. So like dressing functionally, not like Gorp core per se, but I feel like there's, and I feel like actually Haller bros reflects this pretty, pretty well. Right. Yep. But there's this sort of unique, like Southern Texas, mix of like Western, but also outdoor, but also a little granola yep. like style that's like made for, Hey, we're going to drive to the beach or Hey, we're going to, you know, go paddle boarding or Hey, we're going to go, uh, you know, for a hike, like it can kind of blend into different activities. Um, and it's still, feel, it's like, it's not athleisure, it's not gore, but it's like, it's yeah. made for function, but it still feels like, uh, maybe a bit, maybe a level above, um, what like athleisure would sure. feel like. Yeah. Yeah. To- totally. I think you 
that is a that, that's a great uh, insight there. Um, so let's just compare this to uh, to the to the place you're in now, Nashville. I think yeah. when I when I think about Nashville, typically I think about like uh, what it is Broadway Street, right? Is that the is is that what it's called? The one? Oh with- yeah. <laughs> so. Honky tonk, honky tonk bars and stuff. It's the honky tonk bars. Nashville is obviously where like a lot of the big country musicians live. Um, it is, you know, it is Tennessee. So it's, it's, it's got a bit of the South, but, but has the, the Western flavor as well. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, you know, I'm pretty sure double RL has a store there. Faraday just opened a store there. I think you have an Imogene and Willie. So you do have some of that, like mm-hmm. you've got some of that kind of same kind of Western but also kind of crunch that, you know, that like a store like stag provisions represents really well. Um, so what, what have you, what have you kind of found there as, as far as the style scene, like, is it as heavily Western as, as some of us might imagine it to be, or, or, or do you see some interesting stuff out there? Yeah, I think, I think music has, it's, you can't really underplay like how much of an influence music has had on, the way that Nashville style feels. Um, I wouldn't really classify it as Western. I'd probably classify it as definitely more Southern, um, which, you know, a lot of Southern style to me uh, is either a cross between like the blue collar Americana style or like preppy prep wear. And yeah, in Nashville specifically, like, yeah, you you see a lot of like, first off, there's a huge vintage culture here. Um, Vintage, uh, reselling, like whether it's t-shirts, a band t-shirts are huge. Um, vintage Levi's and cowboy boots, cowboy hats, yep. uh, Western shirts. Yeah. Like all of those are just like key, um, highly sought after items here. And, and, and yeah, dude, like I, so I live in an area called East Nashville and yep. there's this main road that sort of runs through it called Gallatin and along Gallatin, it's like, dude, there's, there's, Every every other uh, block, it feels like there's a vintage shop, and it's all like really good stuff. Like it's not they're not skimping. Like they find it in good locations. The the, the prices are fair, um, and I think I think if you were to really explore Nashville, especially on the east side, you know you have lots of artists who come here. Right? Whether it's like creatives um, for like photo and video, or did, like the graphic designers um, or musicians. Um, so much of their style is influenced by vintage. And so I think that's a really like kind of foundational thing to, to know. Um, there's definitely like the, the more uh, upscale and retail side of things too. Yeah. Um, so there's another area of town called 12 South and 12 South has like a lot of the sort of like newer, more well-known D to C like consumer brands that you would know, like Marine Lair's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Buck, Buck Mason's going to open a location <laughs> made well, uh, you know, outdoor voices and Faraday, like they're all along it, but yeah, but 12 South, you know, is, is probably one of the more like touristy areas. And it used to be, I mean, this is similar to South Congress, right? Like South Absolutely. Congress used to make me feel a little more localized. And now it's like insanely commercial. There's a Soho house there. And it's like, um, and also you know, every, 12? every store you just mentioned, which also all of exactly. those stores also yeah. exist on like the same block in uh, Williamsburg as well. Uh, on yep. one of the, at one of the intersections, but it's, Buck Mason, Marine Lair, Madewell, Allbirds, like all outdoor voices. Like, yeah, they all Reformation. They, Reformation. They're I, like, like I don't know if they're all using bloom. like the same commercial real estate people or if they're just it, it it's something yeah. is something is unified there where they have like the same, you know, 
uh, real estate analysts being like, okay, this is the spot. And then they all just flock there. You got to throw in at least like two mattress or sheet stores as well. Get yourself a shout out to parachute. (laughs) Yeah. Parachute Casper tuft and needle. You got to get a couple of those in the mix as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. Like those, those, you know, they get, they got some good stuff in there, but it is also really kind of like, you just kind of grit your teeth when you, when, when you look up and you're like, ugh. This is, av- yeah. this is available literally everywhere now. So it is. it's taking up valuable real estate. And yep. uh, yeah, I think, I think Nashville is, is lacking a like proper local menswear store that has like good curation and selection of, of like, of, of brands, modern and cont- contemporary brands. Um, yeah. They do have a, a sneaker shop called, uh, called Rooted, which um, has this sort of like Kith esque feel to it, but sure. they actually carry quite a lot of like luxury brands that I think are really interesting um, and sell some like pretty nice exclusive sneakers as well. So I think they do a really good job. Um, Imogen and Willie is the sort of like landmark brand in Nashville. They've been around, I think since 2007 or eight. And I mean, that, the backstory on that brand is um, it's a husband and wife duo. I think they're both from Kentucky and uh, the wife uh, grew up working in an old Levi's, like a regional Levi's factory. So she grew up understanding like denim and manufacturing and like cutting and sewing like denim garments, um, which is actually really dope. And so she just applied that knowledge um, more creatively to, to Imogene and Willie, which, you know, became their brand where they were making like fine denim, um, salvage denim and stuff like that. Um, and that brand's evolved a, a little bit over the years. They've kept that like main, location but they're selling like a lot online too and i think yeah um it's a fascinating time to see to see what they're doing but yeah outside that man um the scene is a little a little sporadic i think you you also see because again there's like so many creative folks here too like designers photographers um again entertainment and music people like you know there's some streetwear influence there's a lot of like gorp core yep stuff so you'll see guys wearing like baggy like or slow trousers with like Solomon like hiking shoes like an oversized t-shirt and like a Carhartt hat yeah you know what I mean it's like that kind of style that's I mean if if you have noticed that in Nashville then 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 it's um I mean like that because you just described stuff that I I just don't feel like I ever (laughs) see here ever it's just too you know and it's part of that's weather though man I really I really think part of that is is weather it is it's it's it is very uh, I just drove over here, and and when I got in the car, the the, the temperature was reading. I mean, it wasn't, but it was reading at a, at 112 degrees. And um, we're here in October, so yeah. I mean, what 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 is are are you? Is it cooling down there? Are you just like is is it is it almost time to really start dressing in Nashville? It it comes and goes. Um, right now, it's actually still in the 80s, which is not ideal, but. In the next week or so, it should be like cooling down for good. Yeah. Um, so like daytime, it'll be like low 70s. And then at night, it'll cool down to like the 50s. So it's yeah. definitely bonfire weather coming up soon. I'm going to get a fire pit, okay. um, which is going to be great. And put some little patio furniture out there in the backyard and um, have some friends over for for food and drink, you know? That sounds nice, man. You you actually, yeah. I, I've, I've been uh, I've been seeing a lot of good food on 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 your gram, man. I think uh, cook a lot. You you uh, you mentioned I think Lebanese cuisine last time you were on the show. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where? Is that what? Yeah. Is, my, was I seeing some Lebanese uh, cooking there? I do. Yeah. I like. I, I love. Med- I love Mediterranean and Middle Eastern style food. And um, my wife um, 
it's part Lebanese. And so I've learned a lot from like her family about cooking different um, dishes and um, how to kind of prepare them. And so even tonight, tonight I'm actually going to make um, a Lebanese dish. It's called Majedra, which is basically like lentils, rice, caramelized onions, some pine nuts and stuff like that. But um, it's, it's funny because you see it in restaurants and my wife will joke like, Growing up, she ate, like, tons of Lebanese food, and, like, none of it was sexy. It was, like, oh, if you were to eat a dish like Majedra, it's, like, oh, that's, it's, like, low-key, like, kind of gross. <laughs> and then and then we were at this Mediterranean restaurant in town the other night, and they have Majedra on there. Okay. Like, on the menu, and it's, like, one of the most, like, ordered items. Yeah. And she's, like, y'all, y'all don't even know. <laughs> like, you think this is some cool dish, but, like, if you had to eat it every night for... Like growing up, um, yeah. it doesn't hit the same anymore. So, um, yeah, it, it, lentils are like you know that, that, that that's a hot legume right now. I think, yeah. but uh, <laughs> um, you gotta. I hope you got the lentils going. They got they go on the stove for hours. I feel. Um, yeah, it's a it's a long it's a long cook. So, are, are you when, when you're cooking this when you're cooking this way? Are you just like in there, just like whipping it up, going off the cuff, or or do you have some? Can can, can I drop some recipe links in the uh, pod description? Today? Oh shoot. You definitely should, man. Um, I, I do actually have some solid recipes and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I try to prep. Like prep, I feel like when you're cooking is the most important part to get right. Just because if you don't, you'll end up in a hot kitchen. That's like, what I do. I, I just <laughs> Friends I, are over. I like, get in there and I, I just start going as quickly as possible. And I, I always wish that I had taken the time to uh, you got prep to. it. <laughs> Yeah, like if you so last night I made some Thai food, and um, I mean like just the chopping alone is like the main, the main piece. If yep. you get that right, then like then you can just dump it in and like set your temperatures to what you need. But like all you have to do is just mix the ingredients and um, yeah, prep prep is good. I'm gonna work on um, man, I'm gonna make some some venison hand pies at some point here soon, which is kind of like an Appalachia thing. Okay. Um, I've, like I've, nev- I've definitely little, never had a venison minced, hand pie, but you know. Yeah, it's like minced. It's like minced meat pie. Yeah. Are you so, gonna you you gonna be you rolling know. your own uh, your own your own pastry dough there? Got gots to man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is <laughs> next level. I I thought I I, I thought yeah. I was in the cooking kitchen, but you are you're 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 putting me to shame. Um, yeah. I, I also know you're kind of a like a, a morning routine guy. You like your you like your coffee. Did I did I catch a uh, a fellow kettle in your uh, in your stories? <laughs> Because I because yes, we sir. oh yeah because we just got one of those and um I, I've always been just like a you know Cuisinart coffee maker guy you know oh, just shoot. like loaded up I'm a I've I've joked about being a, a GSG a grocery store grinder as far as my beans <laughs> but uh, I, I'm about to get a I also no, now that now that, that we we got this we got this fellow kettle um that and if. That is a. I'm saying the brand of a kettle. It looks all cool and designery. The brand is Fellow, um, and you you can get a whole bunch of like coffee grinders and stuff from them. I've heard mixed reviews, but yeah. Um, so I I think I'm just going to get one that I've also talked about before called a Barazza, the the Encore grinder. But you're are you yep. what? Any other tips and tricks for a pour over? Because I think I'm about to start. Think I'm about to enter that world. It's a it's a wonderful world. It's hard to go back. Um, although I do appreciate a good like cup of like diner. Yeah. Diner, like just some drip coffee. coffee. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I yeah, I, I like the slowness to it. And I, and I, I'm the same way with cooking food too. So I appreciate things kind of moving slowly because it forces me to like actually enjoy the process of it rather than just like 
shove it down your throat. Yeah. But with coffee, uh, yeah, man, the, the fellow, the fellow products are great. Um, I think they're pretty well known right now cause they have, they have, uh, like a lot of like matte, matte, like matte textured products. Yep. So like you can get these like matte black, like kettles or tumblers. The tumblers are really, really dope. Um, they keep your stuff warm for a super long time, but they're, they're just like super sleek and, and plain looking. They have different, they have all sorts of different colors. Um, but yeah, the kettle's cool. Cause you basically like have this dial that you can like switch the temperature, any, any temperature that you want, like a hundred degrees, you can do one, you know, 180. If you don't want it to be boiling too hot yeah. and you can also set it to boiling. Like you set it and then like in 30 seconds, it's like there. So it's, it's pretty rad. And, um, yeah, I had the Bratza, um, the grinder, which is also really nice. And I've been using that for about almost a year. And then, um, for the actual pour over equipment, I, I just use a simple, um, product called the Kalita wave. Uh, that's K A L I T A. And it's just this little, like, it's this little, like pour over top. So it's, it's not you... the, it's not like the Chemex setup then. Yeah. Not, not as big as the Chemex. Okay. I mean, you could fit it in like, a big jacket pocket. It's pretty small. Oh, nice. But you put the filter over and then, yeah, you just, you just, you, have, you need to have a scale obviously to like yep. measure. So straight, does that, it goes straight into your, your cup, into your mug? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You totally. You can do that. Or if you have like a pour over cup that you used to serve in two cups, you can do either one. But I, I like it a lot. It's really simple. Um, but it, it really brings out like the flavor and the coffee. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I order like a pour over at a, you know, at a, at a, at a funky coffee shop, it's, it, it really does like it's next level. Um, it's next level stuff. If you go, you've probably seen it. If you go to like maybe a more specialty shop, I mean, the thing it's not good for is larger groups. So if you're doing like holiday hosting, making a lot of coffee, breakfast or whatever, yeah, you're making, you need, you need the pot. (laughs) Yeah. You really need to go when you, so when, on Mr. Coffee when you, when you do one, so start to finish like one pour over coffee, how long does that take? Uh, like three and a half minutes. Okay. Three and a half, All four right. minutes. Yeah, so it's not, four. it's not too bad. No, it's super manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Super Cause that, that's the one thing that yeah. I'm worried about is that, you know, the, 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 your Cuisinart, your Mr. Coffee is so easy to just hit the button and forget about it. But like, you still have to like scoop the coffee and measure and do the water and the thing. And so like, it's like that part of it, you know, hitting the grinder and, and measuring a little bit on, yep. on the scale is like not that that's kind of, you know, that's a wash there. The part that like, I, I, I was curious how long you're just kind of standing there pouring the hot water in a spiral, you know, Make it's, it, it's, make it yeah, hard. It's a lot less time than people actually think. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't get too hung up on. It. I mean, there's different ways you can use it. Chemex is fine. The Kalita Wave is cool. I I just got this uh, other like Japanese style pour over set from Kento, uh, which is another like Japanese brand, and they make really cool yeah, coffee I've, and like home I've, homeware I've, glassware products. I've checked them out and and talked about them a little bit either on a Patreon yeah. editorial or or here on the pod. They they do some really cool stuff as well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely want to get a, a, like a an actual coffee pot at some point just cause like <laughs> hosting more people got, got to have that extra yeah. bean juice. But you know, for now I'm going to stick to my pour over. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to get some recipes from you and, uh, we'll, we'll drop them in the, um, in the description for the podcast. If you want to do it, if you want to ch- ch- try, try your hand at, at Majedra, am I saying that right? Majedra. Majedra. 
Um, and uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break and hear from today's sponsor. And then when we get back, uh, I've got some suiting questions. And, and you know, it is it's wedding season part two. It's the it's the fall oh. wedding season. And um, we, we've got some listener questions. And 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 like I said, I've just got some personal ones that, I, that I'm going to shoot your way. Uh, so we'll be right back. Let's go. Today's podcast is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. When is the perfect time to plant trees and shrubs? Well, if you go to a big box store and talk to their experts, they'll probably tell you anytime or, um, great question. But the best time to plant is actually fall, which means now is the time to go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Yes, skip those big box stores, head to fastgrowingtrees.com. It's the world's largest online nursery. This means no more waiting in lines, no more having to, to put a tarp down in your car so it doesn't get covered in soil and all messy, no more digging through a lackluster selection. I can't tell you how many times we've gone looking for lavender. Well, guess what? There's no lavender. Of course there's not. Just go to fastgrowingtrees.com and choose from thousands of varieties of trees, shrubs, and plants expertly curated to thrive in your area and delivered to your door in one or two days. So whether you're looking for shade, privacy, fruit trees, or just added color for your yard, every plant is shipped with a well-developed root system ready to explode with new growth come spring. We've got a couple of new planters right out front. You know, they're, they're right on the facade. They're, they're our showcase planters. Fast-growing trees had exactly what we were looking for. We got beautiful pampas grass, came in a couple of days, ready to drop in and plant. It's going to look beautiful out front. We love fast-growing trees because the selection is phenomenal and it comes right to your door. I don't have to worry about going to uh, those big box stores like I mentioned. Now, I only do plant shopping at fastgrowingtrees.com, and you should too. There's a better way to buy trees, shrubs, and plants for your home and yard, and it's fastgrowingtrees.com. Fall is the planting season. Again, don't let anybody tell you different. Join over 1 million satisfied gardeners at fastgrowingtrees.com. They've got a 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, which means your plants will arrive happy, healthy, and ready for planting. So now through November 30th, go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash clubcool for 15% off. That's 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash clubcool, fastgrowingtrees.com slash clubcool. And by the way, if you're no gardening expert, I am not, I do not have a great green thumb. Don't worry. They've got plant care and growing advice at your fingertips 24-7 with live plant experts that are just a phone call away seven days a week. They've also got indoor plants if you're not looking to spruce up the outdoor. A lot of fruit stuff if you're looking to grow something and and, and be able to to add freshly picked produce to your, to your home-cooked meals, whether that's avocados or lemons and bananas. They truly have it all. So once again, get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash clubcool now through November 30th. All right, and we're back. Um, all right, so Clayton, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but but you kind of got your start in this space in, in men's style and fashion kind of right at the front of the hashtag menswear era. Is that, is, am I on point there? That is correct. All right, so th- th- this is like, you know, kind of early 2000 teens and like GQ is, is telling every, everybody about, you know, how skinny your suit should be. And ties got super slim and we were rock, pocket rock, squares, pocket squares and also lapel pins and also a tie bar. 
and also like you know like some uh, some floor shine by Ducky Brown wingtips with like some crazy ass socks. <laughs> Ducky Brown, and that's R. like R.I.P. Ducky Brown. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that's kind of like that has always stayed with me because that that was the, mm. th- those were the years that that I was kind of getting into this as well or, or getting into it more seriously than I ever had been. And so yeah. like when I think about kind of like suiting trends. That's always where my head goes, and you know that because the while while the kind of the, the the dandyism of it all kind of faded, like you know uh, up until the last few years, like we were still talking about you know very tailored suits and like you know mm. the, the the ways that you could kind of like be stylish in a suit still felt you know of that cloth. Um, if you will, mm-hmm. and 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 really only recently, last couple of years, especially with like Jerry at Fear of God putting out super boxy like '90s wide shouldered type stuff, and Balenciaga has yep. done done some of it as well. We're kind of opening up the silhouettes of of suits again, at least if you're if you're doing them in like a fashiony way, and so that 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 that's kind of the. I think that's where some of this yeah. of, of my suiting confusion comes in to play now because it's like hashtag menswear, like the way to do a suit, a suit stylishly is also how you might do it to a wedding. Right. Um, but now I've, sure. I've got a, a, a wedding coming up here in, in a couple of weeks. First one I've been to, and I don't know how long. And I'm just kind of thinking like, man, like not only have I not even worn a suit in two years now, but I don't even really know mm. like, what's what out there and so i i i I had to pick your brain about this and so first of all i'll I'll just start like is is the tailoring and the suiting side of of uh of men's style something that you've kind of stayed in tune with yeah i i I, like you i had my most impressionable understanding of of style kind of built around the hashtag menswear era and so my my foundation will always come from suiting and and like how to wear a suit and the different ways to style it and i think if you know that hashtag menswear era was was kind of um predicated on like you know color and sort of boxy chest you know uh, wide lapel pocket squares no socks tight pants like all that stuff i think yeah, you'll see some suiting kind of make its way back, but it'll be a lot more of like relaxed fits, um, better tapers, uh, Neapolitan inspiration, which is just like, you know, Naples style, like Italian tailoring. Soft shoulders. Um, you see a lot of that. Yeah, you see a lot of that with with tailors like Jay Muser in New York and Sid Mashburn in Atlanta. Yep. Um, they have this you know, particular way of, of tailoring, but it's, it's really built around like soft shoulders and you want everything, you want the shape of the suit to flow without like there being a break, without there being anything like of an eyesore that like catches and be like, Oh, that doesn't feel right. And so even the pants, they drape perfectly. You can wear them with socks. You can wear them with no socks. Um, they come just about to the ankle and there, but there's like a perfect taper to it. It's just like very smooth transitions. Um, so I think that type of suiting, is is going to be more like popular um for folks like going to weddings yeah um buying their first suits you know there's a lot of like employees who i feel like um got their start in the workforce and didn't have to like know what it was like to wear a suit to right work. and so you know um again going post you know 
through through a pandemic, getting on the other side of that and like changing up your wardrobe, like the suit is still kind of an essential part to that. Um, and I think maybe in a more like casual sportswear kind of way, like you'll see that like, you know, um, suit, suit jackets maybe are treated more like chore coats in that like pants kind of billow out wide a little bit. Like you see Corridor and like Knickerbocker and some of those other brands will make these sort of like wide, wide, um, wide like leg opening trousers. Um, yeah. so, so they're not really tailored, um, but they're not baggy either. They kind of billow out a little bit like bell bottoms, but not, but not like that much. Um, and so I think you'll see, yeah, more stuff like that. Um, do you want like specific brands to dive into that stuff or like, um, that? well, we're, we're, I, I, I like that you're talking about kind of like the, the, the overall like direction and, and trend. So, uh, I, I want to stay, I want to stay there for, for a second before we get into like specific yeah. brands. Um, you, you mentioned some, you, you did mention some good ones and, and I'll actually end up mentioning some here as well. Um, you know, when I, when I thought about like it, you know, perfect world, if I was just going to go out and spend money to like, to, to, to get it kitted up for this wedding, like. I think what I would probably be looking for is still a suit that fits me well um, and is tailored, although maybe not as slim as I would have had it cut five to seven years ago. Um, but I'd also be looking for more like rather than like accessorizing it a lot with with the various like accoutrement, it would be more about like color and texture, which is what, you know, I feel like I see at Drake's mm-hmm. a lot or or you know, even some of the stuff that Ame Leandora has done with Martin Greenfield, um, out of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go get a new suit. And so my, my options are like my classic Navy and gray. And so uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to now, what I'm now trying to do is like, think about, <laughs> you know, if, if, if your, if your base is still that, like what are ways to kind of like modernize it and make it fun for, you know, a party or a wedding where, you, where, where you're not going to go get, like, a new funky suit with a new cut. Yeah. Like, what, it, what, 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 tie, are, what, are, what ties are, are good now? What's the width of a tie supposed to be now? I don't, I don't know uh, any of these things. Honestly, man, I don't have a fucking clue about, <laughs> about that side. That's where I start to get lost again, too, where I'm like, part of me just doesn't want to go down that path of accessorizing yeah. like that. Um, but you know, two areas where I think it can be fun to accessorize would probably be like what type of shoes you wear and sure. then, uh, and then, and then what the shirt is. Right. So if, if you're used to just like plain white collar, you know, dress shirt, whether it's a button down or not, um, maybe instead go for like something more floral or like, you know, Bodhi has a lot of those like really dope, like embroidered shirts they're like funky and colorful and there's like cool patterns and like styles and patches on there yeah um and if you're wearing maybe more of like a plain suit um assuming it's a kind of fitted the way you need and want like throwing in like a, a colorful shirt would actually be pretty sweet um you know blackstock and weber the loafer brand they do a lot of dope iterations on their loafers they use like crazy exotic skins um he made like denim loafers suede loafers um like you know, and he has the different types, right? You have like Belgian style ones. You have penny loafers. So he kind of runs the gamut of different types. And then within each fabric, like, you know, throwing fits, he did the, the collab with them where they did those like crocodile like bit or, oh no, maybe that was just suede, but he did crocodile skin loafers, like pony hair ones. He did the J crew collab the other day. Yeah, um, the- he's just an example of being funky with it. But I think like 
shoes and shirts, I think to me are probably like, and maybe even go no tie. Like, yeah, yeah. If you have a wedding, like, I actually don't think that's wrong. If you, yeah, you that, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned loafers because I know that that is, you know, we, we, that's a, that's a huge, uh, you know, part of, of, of men's, um, you know, footwear right now. And, uh, while I think mostly like what we see on social media and, and, and editorials or lookbooks or whatever is like loafers being worn very casually and, and even in like a streetwear influenced way, um, they obviously go with tailoring quite well. Um, you know, and so that, that, that's, yeah, I, I think loafers with a suit is definitely, you know, something that people have always done, but is now essentially right. You you know, you're on trend if you, if you do that at the moment, um, it, you know, if you go, uh, how about this question? If you do a penny loafer or, or, you know, a kind of a, a loafer in the vein of, of the Blackstock and Weber, um, style, like then do you need to keep it preppier up top? Do you think that like a penny loafer mm. is, is speaks more to a button down collar and like a rep tie, or can you still do, you know, a, a, you know, a little bit more Italian or British tailoring with like a, a point or semi-spread collar. And this know. is interesting uh, that you bring it up because I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and I don't think this is just like a post pandemic. Well, maybe it's partially a post pandemic thing, but, um, but also, you know, one, one takeaway from like the industry and clothing at large and kind of how it influences into different areas of the culture is like, there's no rules anymore, you know, like they've just been totally thrown out the window. And, um, if you want to rock stuff that vintage has a wear mixed with like what sneaker has would wear, or if you want to go more tailored also going, you know, a little more like Western and, and rugged Americana, like the rules are out the window. Um, you could rock a denim Western shirt with a suit to a wedding and loafers with no socks. And I wouldn't like, yeah, I wouldn't right. care. And I just think that's kind of where we're at. And it's actually kind of cool because um, the mixing of all these styles is cre- is going to like, it's going to in effect create a, like a new American menswear um, aesthetic or style, which I think is, I think is important for us. Cause like, you know, the last wave that we really had of that was like American prep, you know, and yeah. American prep for us was, um, you know, like the American style, you know, like the loafers and the polo and, you know, Ralph Lauren had a, had a really big influence with that. And then of course, like we've lived through this era of streetwear with, with sneakers and hoodies and um, stuff like that. But now we're, we're kind of entering a new phase where like all these different styles and like sub styles that have had little moments throughout the last few decades are starting to like combine and mix and match. Right. And I think, and, and so I think, yeah, like it's, it's less really about rules of what you can and can't do and really more about like what you feel comfortable doing. Um, I think there's also like the saying that people, people will say like, you have to know the, you have to know the rules to break the rules. And if you kind of grew up in you know, the last 20 years, knowing some of the rules, right? Like this is how you dress at school. This is how you go like dress for church this is how you dress, you know, when you go out to dinner, like, knowing the basics gives you the foundation so that then you can go do what feels comfortable now. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my perspective on that. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, when, when I, when I sat down and like, kind of like started putting these questions together and, and, and just over the last couple of weeks thinking about this, this new kind of modern suiting, uh, you know, uh, problem to solve kind of what you're saying is, is, is where I w- is, is, is where you kind of end up being led in that, 
suiting wants to be more casual right now, like as everything has become more casual. And at the same time, it is a bit almost like a reversal from streetwear and athleisure, which is like the ultimate in casual. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's sweats and sneakers and, and hoodies, like you said. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it is almost like, well, we want to be casual and comfortable, but now we're ready to look buttoned up, buttoned up and sharp again. And so it, it there, there is, you know, I, y- your suggestions are, are, are good ones, right. With like something funky, like a Bodie shirt or, or, you know, any number of, of other brands that, that you can find out there. Vintage is a great way to go. Uh, I know Bodie is, mm-hmm. is price prohibitive. Um, or a Western shirt, like you mentioned with, you know, which, which could pair really well with loafers. Um, so I, I, I think that all those, all those kind of ways that you can, I mean, truly make like suiting your own is definitely like, that's the movement. That's, that's definitely the direction. Totally. Um, I'm almost like nervous to do that for, again, (laughs) like this wedding, like feels like the first big debut back out in a way. Um, and so for, for anybody else, like experience, you know, experiencing that kind of emotion where you're like, uh, well, I don't know if I just want to like be back on the scene immediately and like look too crazy at this, at, you know, at my friend's wedding. I think Um, there's a way to blend in, man. I mean, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, if you have a set suit and the fit is kind of where you want it and you don't want to wear a tie, you don't want to just wear like the classic white shirt, you know? tie i would i would i would take like a silk shirt or um maybe just like a a linen shirt um camp collar style um it doesn't have to be long sleeve you know right like just something tuck it in and like go no go no socks with loafers yeah i'm 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 definitely gonna have to start to i'm 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 gonna be in the closet this weekend kind of like looking at what i have to to uh you know to make something work Having yeah. said all that, I I I, I do yeah. feel uh, you know after having researched a little bit like the 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 white shirt and some type of 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 kind of you know dark understated tie in a not super skinny mm. width but a not like bloated '90s width is also that feels like the piece of all of this the the piece that will kind of exit uh, the you know the 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 twenty teens as yeah. as still timeless i guess i would say well you know and it's like people still have to because at the end of all this like there are still there will still be people that have to get that have to put on a suit for an interview right and that will all that if you're in law you know if you're in line for that type of job where you're wearing a suit to an interview in the first place like chances are like it will always be a little bit more conservative like that um but so i I, you know i think that uh I, i think my you know, the only thing I'm not going to do is put on a ton of accessories. I think that's the, mm. <laughs> that's the one thing that I'm, I'm not going to do in a couple of weeks here. The bracelets, the bracelets have been nailed, nailing the coffin. We're, we're putting that to rest yeah. <laughs> forever. Yeah. I like jewelry, you know, like I'll, I like, you know, I like, I like a gold necklace or um, even, you know, I see people with um, gold chains on the wrist yeah. and stuff like that, which, which I really appreciate. Um, but I tend to, I tend to keep it probably more minimal than sure. Than most with the accessories. Um, I, I've got a, uh, I've got a listener question here that, that, that fits in with, with our conversation. So, um, and, and it, and it's going to kind of like, we're going to go even more formal here in, in our thinking. So I'll, I'll just read it here. Um, he says, I have a wedding in two weeks. It's a destination wedding to San Diego that says black tie preferred. 
My friends are now all talking about wearing tuxes, but I'd need to rent, which is ridiculous to me for a wedding. I'm already buying a plane ticket to attend. (laughs) Can you give me the full definition of black tie? And would I be an asshole for wearing a blue suit? I have a wedding the weekend before where I'm a groomsman. I was just going to rewear that suit as it's two different friend groups and the suit is tailored. Um, is so is our is our listener and going to be a going to be an asshole if he wears a blue suit to a black tie wedding? This classic guy stuff. <laughs> Killing two birds with one stone. You know, got the two weddings. Got to, got them back to back. Yeah, got to, yeah. Got to, got to optimize where you can. Um, shout out to that. It, yeah, that, I think that's it. it you, uh, our, our, our listener here is probably like in the throes of your mid to late twenties where you are like suddenly <laughs> spending all of your disposable income on, on going to weddings. Yeah. Um, producer Randy's over here relating shouts to no producer disrespect. Randy and all no disrespect. Friends. It's a, it's a, it's a tough time in life. You got to please yeah, a lot of people. Absolutely. So, um, I don't think, I don't think you're an asshole. Um, I don't I, think so either. I, I'd, I'd go. Yeah. If, if you need to use, you know, if, if my recommendation would be if you just, if you need, the same suit for two weddings. I, you know, I obviously invest in a nice suit. Um, make sure it's tailored to like, the, you know, your, your requirements, if that's something you care about and then, and then rock it to both weddings, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, you, he, he talks about renting and I like in almost every circumstance, I would rather somebody wear a suit that is slightly off dress code, but fits them extremely well than mm-hmm. like a stuffy, you know, boxy, yeah. Yeah, you know, just uh, you know, bastardization of a I wouldn't rent it. I'd go. Yeah. I'd just buy one and, and go to both weddings. Um, the the other thing here is, no is gonna know. that I wanted to to just kind of like throw in and mention is that like you know black tie does indicate as a dress code like it like like you know if you want to read up on the history of black tie you can but it mm-hmm. is it does technically mean like uh, you know. The, the either very formal with like a waistcoat and 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 your British version or American version is like the tuxedo. So yeah. we're talking dinner jackets and silk lapels and the cummerbund and all that. But at the end of the day, what it actually what it actually says is black tie. And so I I've always taken the the dress code a little bit literally there. Um, and so a, a combination that I actually think looks really sharp and that you, you'll see quite a bit on like red carpets and, and, mm-hmm. and actors and celebrities wear is a Navy suit with a black tie. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that Navy and black combination, yeah. I, I think is, is uh, touchy for some people. It's, you know, it's in that black Brown territory. It's like, do these colors go together? But I, I think that, you know, if everything else is really simple and minimal that a Navy suit black shoes, white, crisp white shirt and, and, and a black tie, um, can look really sharp and, and you are essentially like abiding by the dress code by having a black tie on. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be expensive either, you know, like, like just to pull an old relic from, from hashtag menswear is like the tie bar sells (laughs) very, uh, plenty of good, affordable options from the tie bar. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get, honestly, man, I, I, I always play those those questions about like what to wear by the host. If yep. they request black tie like attire, you know, do what they say. But if it's just friends saying like, hey, we should do this and that to look, you know, look the part, like you can just tell them to get out of here because you don't need to. You only need to do what the host says. So and 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 
and even then, like if you if you choose to go the navy suit route, like just wear what makes you comfortable. If you're confident in it and you can rock it, like that's I think that's the biggest tell, you know, tell all for 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 style nowadays is like you can basically kind of pull off anything as long as you're like pumped about it, confident in it, and um, yeah. Yeah, the and, rules and are kind of I, out the window at this point. I, I just I think that black tie. I think when people put black tie optional or black tie preferred on invitations, mm-hmm. like what it's really indicating is that they're taking the event seriously and they want you to take it seriously as well. That it is supposed totally. to be like a fancier evening and it's meaningful and it's a bi- it, it's a big deal and all of that. And so, like, that's kind of what it comes. I think that's kind of what it comes down to as well is that like yep. <laughs> it's almost like they're saying just please don't wear jeans <laughs> you know so it's like because if you yeah. do if you put cocktail on an invitation you're going to get a lot you're going to get a big mix you're going to get khaki pants and a navy totally. blazer you're going to get somebody wearing a polo shirt you're going to get the one dad who like has to wear his jeans or whatever and so like that's that, that's really it you're going to be fine in a blue suit I, just you know you like you said it's tailored it's going to look sharp and you're going to fit in just fine yeah. Um, you know, I would, I, I would just keep like the, it, since it says black tie preferred, this is like the, the, a spot where I wouldn't go crazy with like the funk mm-hmm. essentially. So it's, it's, it, it's really just about like treating the event. And like, as you mentioned, the host with, uh, you know, kind of re- re- respecting their, um, what they're hoping for their, their event. Um, respect, respect the person who's supplying the booze, you know, that's exactly right. Uh, when I was, I was writing this down, all this stuff down last night and I just like, you know, traipsing across the web and actually it funny enough, GQ just put out yesterday. their like new mm-hmm. guide to suits. Um, so they, they, they touch on a few things that, that we mentioned here, but it, it basically reiterates this thing that we're saying of like, you know, fashion wise, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Like you are truly making it your own and kind of combining all of these things that, that we've um, been experiencing and living with over the last decade. Yeah. Um, uh, now to talk about brand specifics, they mentioned uh, Stofa. Stofa? So you, you're going to have to correct me on Stofa, pronunciation yeah. here. Stofa. Yeah, Stofa. Um, which I think you, you turned me on to uh, from, yeah. the, from the Spreza newsletter. So uh, yeah, I, I did want your take. Any other you know, kind of under-the-radar brands that, that you want to shine a light on for us or, or, or talk about? Uh, I mean, I don't doesn't think there's have to any be, doesn't that, have to be suited, that haven't already kind of been. Yeah, on the rise. I mean, GQ has a good curation of brands I'd, I'd probably throw in there. Like Drake, I like Drake's stuff a lot. Um, I think they, similar to ALD, can be premium in their pricing, and maybe the quality isn't quite it's not quite there. there. Yeah, yeah. Drake, Drake's uh, Drake's does a good job though. I think in curation and style and fit, all of that stuff. So I, I would say Drake's Ring Jacket is another one GQ threw out there. Um, Ring Jacket's a Japanese brand um, with Neapolitan tailoring, and so they they do a really good job. Actually, the guys I think came. The guys who 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 started um, Stofa came from Ring Jacket, so okay. there's sort of similarity in taste and aesthetic. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sid Mashburn's another really good one. I think Sid just he's such a menswear veteran who like knows the space, has great taste, um, an eye for quality and fit and all that stuff. And so yeah, he, um, he it's, yeah. Sid Mashburn is a cool one because I feel like he's been doing that soft tailoring with loafers and and a little bit of that like yep. southern charm for the last 15 years and it kind of it it, his, it yeah. somehow fit in then but it also still looks really good now so he's 
he is one of those, you know, he, he is, he's an example of something that has really like by staying true to like, you know, and not exactly writing all the trends he's been consistent and, and, uh, and, you know, really sharp and, and a great option throughout essentially. Honestly. Yeah. Down to price point too. I think he's a great, he's a great option. Um, if you're looking for that, like equilibrium of quality and price, um, it's hard, it's hard to beat those prices, honestly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a great one. Who else is good? I think Todd Snyder does a good job with some suiting stuff. If you want, you know, he's, he's less of like a, a true tailor, I think, and more like ready to wear stuff at this point, but sure. But, but Jay Muser does a good job too. I think Jay Muser, I met those guys back in the spring when I was in New York and um, they're just, they're building such a really, such, such a cool community um, around, you know, made to measure and custom suiting. And they're kind of like the new, they're kind of like the cool kids on the block right now. Um, if you're interested in that sort of aesthetic. Okay. Yeah. Ch- uh, that's, F- that's- Castleberry is good too. Cause he does like, his is definitely a little more, he can get as funky as you want. But um, if you're look, looking for like actual bespoke suiting stuff, he's a really, really solid tailor. And that's um, also in the city too. That's J Muser, J M U E S E R. If if you're trying to, I think so. If you're yes. trying to figure that out, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've got oh, it yeah. pulled up here. All right, um, Clayton. Yeah. There, there's one more thing that I wanted to, to talk to you about today. Uh, I yeah. you, you've kind of been on on the cusp here of of this like men's rental scene. I know you've. Uh, You've talked with us, or, mm. or at least in the newsletter, about about Kicks. I think is called, which is like a, sh- a sneaker yep. rental. And uh, I think you've also got like a working relationship with Seasons now, um, which is 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 kind of the the yeah. main the main player on the scene. I would say, um, I, I'm I'm a, I'm surprised that that this hasn't become like a bigger deal yet. It feels like something that mm. we're at a at a at a boiling point and a and a big desire for. You know, like. Like whether it's Reddit communities or discords or, or style forums or podcasts or any, like, it just feels like there are, are more places to talk about this stuff and, and like there are, are an, an ever growing number of them. And like, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of dudes are, have at least a fleeting interest in this. And so it, 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 it feels like something, this, this, this idea of like a rent the runway for men essentially feels very yeah. ripe for, you know, for, for really taking off because it's helpful for, for, for guys that want to dip their toes in and experience like more modern or contemporary brands. And it's also helpful for, you know, for somebody like you or I, who are like, maybe like, you know, we were really interested in, in, in all of this and we want to do more experimentation and, and be able to try more things and more expensive brands that maybe aren't like a hundred percent accessible to us at this very moment, but, but could be if, if we could just, you know, if we could rent. So what's, what's going on with seasons? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'll, I'll underscore this by saying I've, I've been able to work with seasons for the last couple of months. Uh, and just the team, the team is stellar. Um, the product they're building is really, I mean, it's, it's sort of rare to find a team that is like understands the mass like opportunity there is with this market has the has the know-how to like build a product around it because they built an entire platform. They're not like they're not like selling their products on Shopify. They like built an entire platform for themselves. Okay. Yeah. Where you can shop for it's like the custom platform with you know reverse logistics and payments and subscriptions and all that stuff. So like the product itself is like a tech product. Um, 
And then the relationships that they have with the designers, man, like some of the best, you know, up and coming and, and more established designers right now, whether it's like, uh, you know, Rude or Bodie or Earl or um, Jacques Muse, Acne Studios, Noah, Our Legacy, like, I mean, just the list goes on. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, that's a crazy they list. Have, like good relationships as a retailer with these brands and have, have the ability to get access to, um, to the menswear to be rented. And, and I mean, for me, like I would frame the whole menswear rental conversation around access over ownership. That's the way that I see it. And I think more than ever, you know, the big selling point of being able to rent stuff right now is the ability to have access to something when you want it. And I think that's something we've never had before. You know, the consumers, you know, us, like we're, we're all kind of in charge you know, with the brands and the brands more than ever are making decisions based on what we want. And I think that's really cool and telling and um, not to kind of make this again about like the pandemic, but like the the pandemic just reshaped so many things um, for all of us, right? How we consume products, how we think about what we want out of life and, you know, out of our day to day. And I think, I think clothing is a big piece to that. Like, you know, how many of us are actually like purged through our closet? How many times did we purge through our closet the last 18 months to get rid of old shit that we don't need, that we don't want? And so there's sort of a, a blank slate or resetting. And I think the, the thing that's cool about rental companies like Kicks and Seasons where you can rent designer menswear, you can rent like super sought after exclusive sneakers is that you get to like try them before you buy them essentially. So you get access to the best stuff out there and you don't have to commit to buying it, even if and you can rent it for as little or as long as you want, you know, two yeah. weeks, yeah, you know, months at a time. And then they'll just, you know, um, the kicks model is a little bit different from seasons where it's like both are membership based. So you pay for like a monthly membership or, or you go annual um, if you want, but it basically gets you access to this stuff. And then whatever you rent is kind of added separately to your account for kicks. It's like, you know, you can pay in levels. There's like four different levels. So you can pay, 60 bucks a month or 70 bucks, whatever it is up to, you know, X amount in sneaker value. So it could be like 400 bucks sneaker value. So you might be able to rent like two pairs of kicks, you know, for a month at a time. Um, okay. Yeah. That, at, I got, at I got that you. sneaker That's level. It. And then once you want a more exclusive sneaker, it just drives you up to the next level. So, then, so you okay. pay more, yeah. but you yeah. don't have to pay for the sneaker if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, uh, do, do on either of these platforms, does it, does is there a level of it that is almost working like, uh, you know, like an affirm or like one of those those kind of mm. uh, pay as you go? Like if you rent something from Seasons and you're paying fifty dollars a month for it, like if you just keep it for a, you know, if you just keep it for yeah, a, exactly. if, yeah, a yeah. year, do you then own it? Yeah. So, kicks no, Seasons yes. Um, it's not like a buy now pay later uh, model yet. I think they're I think they're building that functionality on the payment side, but yeah, you could rent um, a shirt from Bodie or a jacket from, you know, Wells Bonner for, you know, 60 bucks a month. And you can literally keep it as long as you want, as long as you reserve, because it's all based on reservations. So okay. like you reserve us, you can reserve up to six items with, with seasons. Um, and they all have different dollar amounts based on the item that you're reserving. But as long as you have your, you know, name under that reservation, um, it's yours to, to use for as long as you want. And then any month that you keep it, it's adding to your, uh, to your account. So yeah, you could in theory pay off a jacket. That's, you know, yeah, 
1900 bucks in like six or seven months. Yeah. This, let's is, say. this is, I'm, I'm cruising on, on the seasons website right now, which is where seasons.com. And it, I mean, it is really like the collection of designers that they've put together here is very, very impressive. Uh, as, as far as like just desire, desirable brands that, that yeah. are expensive and, and that the, and you know, that, that, that this would come in really handy for, like, I'm now looking at like, uh, cashmere sweaters from elder statesman right like some that a, mm-hmm. a, a, a big grail for me right uh and it's um it's all it, it it's interesting because <clears throat> like i i don't exactly know what the question that's building in my mind here is but like a lot of this stuff wales bonner Bodie, orally elder statesman it's like casablanca mm-hmm. it is very it, it's pretty loud stuff and so totally. you know i'm i'm it, it is the type of it it makes sense to rent this stuff like this yep. this crazy printed silk shirt from Casablanca like how many times are you going to wear this mm-hmm. but at the same time like uh, like i wonder what you know how do, I, do, is is that a pro or a con for the label i think it's a i think it's a pro for both yeah both models man um, cuz like you're, you you, know, you, you, wanna, you could have more i think for occasions having items for occasions for me is like the biggest selling point yeah. like that, you're somebody it, who wants to flex on your friends, like, you know, if you got a series of dinners in a particular month you sure. know, with friends, or you got you're hosting someone that weekend, or you got, you know, uh, a a business trip that you got to take, or you got a wedding or two that you got to be at, like you're going on vacation somewhere in Europe, like these are the these are the moments where it's like, yeah, you're not going to go drop like three grand on a bunch right. of cool items, but if you could rent them for like forty to sixty bucks each, yep just for like a short amount of time, that's pretty dope. Like, and then you don't have to have the excess of stuff and you get to trade them in. You can swap them out with other pieces each month. And then you just kind of keep that cycle going, but it sort of helps you mentally plan like, Oh cool. I have these things throughout the year. I should probably have this membership just to like have access to the stuff when yeah. I need it. Cause I don't want to go buy a 700 pair of, you know, or like um, a $500 pair of sneakers. But like if I could rent them, you know, if I just had a $60 a month membership and I just rented one pair per month or two pairs, you know, it yeah, totally just changes. It's changes also like it's, it's closet space too, you know, like how much of my closet is taken up by like sneaker yeah. boxes um, that I, that I'm, that I'm wearing, you know, once a month, maybe, maybe. And so it's, I think it's, yeah. I mean, I, man, I, I think it, I think it is, I, I think we're sort of in the early stages of it, yeah. but, but rental, rental for menswear is going to like change a lot yeah, um, I, around I, how we consume. Obviously people are still going to buy both their basics, their essentials, but they're also going to, you know, buy statement pieces. Um, but by and large, I just think like the way that we're living, the way that we're moving, like a lot of remote work is happening. A lot of people are still going to be traveling over the next few years. I think the, the rise of social clubs, like membership based clubs, mm-hmm. um, such as Soho house, more of those are going to continue popping up. I think like, um, I think just with the rise of all that stuff, it's going to, it's going to create a stronger need for people to want to rent things just so that they know that like mental piece of like, when I need it, like I can have access to it as yeah. opposed to having to like, think about, Oh, I got to go this weekend shopping. Yeah. We, stuff, we, it, it, two things that you're really like touching on, on here. One, one, the idea of like shopping for events, which is something that I have actually just very recently really starting, started to like, with the pandemic, like how much it's kept kept us at home, except for you know when we are 
oh, well, I've, I've got, we've got this dinner this weekend. Other than that, we're going to be at home for six days in a row. Like, yep. you know, it's, it, it's, you're just out less at the moment. And it, and that has been like, you know, as we're, we're headed into the fourth or fifth season of, of, uh, of, of fashion. And it's like, for a few of those, I, I've been shopping mm-hmm. habitually like I regularly would. The, this one, I am, I'm very much trying to like, when, when I'm shopping for stuff, it's like, okay, but when am I going to wear this? When exactly am I going to wear this? Do I have a dinner to wear this to? Can I wear this to a, mm-hmm. uh, to a, to a wedding, to a rehearsal dinner, to a, are, are we going on vacation? Like really yeah. thinking about that. And, and, and it definitely relates yep. to like the, the, the little bit louder, crazier pieces that you're not just, it's, you know, I'm not talking jeans here. I'm talking like, you know, the, the vegan leather trousers that I want from Sefer. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh yeah. that, that, that's definitely a piece of it. And then, um, just, you, you know, you talk about Soho house and the membership clubs and like all of it and, and the access, like you mentioned, like, you know, we've, we've talked before Phil and I have about, uh, like how for millennials, like this, this idea of lifestyle is actually like the most important thing Mm -hmm. to us. And so it's in, in that that's different than status, for example, or wealth, for example, it's like it, you know, the, the, those things are, are in the background at this point where it's like being able to live the way that we want to live regardless of like you know wh- what yeah. is lining that like what the safety net is what like the ability to like <laughs> you know own buildings 100%. is is like far that that's almost like not the goal when they're and and so I think that's why we're that's that is that's playing into this idea of like there are other ways to achieve the lifestyle you want beyond mm-hmm. like you know creating generational wealth for yourself essentially totally no that is i mean that is a marquee um you know sign of of millennials and and millennials you know on the younger side too um and i think you know if you look at retail landscape at large um you know the rental space is really just one it's just a piece to the greater retail pie you know but the reality is like having access to smartphones, using our desktops less, being on the go. Like we've now been conditioned to be able to like find things when we want them, where we want them um, on our terms. Right. So this would reflect to like what we call omni-channel retail, which is like being able to see shit, you know, um, on a brand's like own e-commerce store, but also be able to grab it at a retailer. Also being able to go to Amazon when you need something like there's just so many different touch points for where and how we consume stuff. And I think like, that is becoming more important. I think brands, even, even like luxury brands, which you see with seasons is like, they're going to be willing to, in a sense, you know, give up, like they're taking a risk on their brand equity, you know? Sure. Yep. Um, by giving it to another retailer. But I think if you trust that, like in the long run, it's going to meet customers where they want to be met, which is like shopping in different ways, different times, um, with different methods like that, that I think is the smartest thing brands can do is just be in different places. Um, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, man, that, that, that turned into, to, to a far more like profound <laughs> conversation that, uh, than I thought it might, but, uh, but I appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, man, I think that's about, I think that's about all the time that we have today. I, I appreciate your time, Clayton. It was, uh, it was awesome to talk to you as always. Always, always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, where, where can we follow you on social media? 
I'm I'm pretty active um, through email only at the moment. Okay. So uh, Spreza.xyz. Yep. Right on. S P R E Z Z A dot X Y Z. Um, and uh, read some of the content that I got coming. I usually post like twice a week on the newsletter. So very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 continues to be uh, something I look forward to having in my inbox. So definitely check it out. And uh, thank you Appreciate to Fast Growing Trees, our wonderful sponsor today. I can't believe that we have an awesome, you know, pl- we're talking <laughs> about, you know, buying clothes, but buying plants is also very important to to all of our aesthetics. Clayton knows this. He's got beautiful greenery, uh, <laughs> you know, all up in all up in his home. I've, I've seen it. Um, plants are therapeutic, you know? So. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And you need, it's also essential to have something in the background of your kit picks as well. Um, Big facts. Follow us on Instagram at Club Cool Pod. And uh, thanks again to Clayton and to the Spreza newsletter. And we will uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye bye.